BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. There will be no silliness. There will be no shenanigans. There will be no tomfoolery. No joshing around, no shucks, yucks, no goofs. No good times, no fun times, no hell of a times. There will be no Marco and or Polo. There will be no hide and or seek. And there will definitely be no, no laughter, 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 laughter. In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 2. Hair. How y'all doing? Welcome. This is Alex Rogers. Recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is the now. And I'm right here, once again, on the top floor of an antiquated, beautiful building in disgusting, beautiful Los Angeles. Downtown, baby. And you can hear the symphony outside. They're all warming up like an orchestra pit right now because we are cooking up to the full day, folks. L.A. don't stop. L.A. never stops. It just takes a pause, a sejura, for the next great crescendo. Well, let's see. I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling fresher. Your boy Alex got a haircut. Yeah, why, why don't you go out there and get yourself a haircut, you hear? You don't belong in Nashville. Why, they, what's his name? His name is Frog. Well, he plays like a frog. I'm quoting from Nashville by uh, Robert Altman. Y'all should definitely check that one out for a fantastic film. But yes, I got myself a little trim. Nothing crazy, though. When we say the word haircut, we sometimes think of just... Great, you look like a Roman centurion. Next, this is more like a little trim up. I was looking pretty raggedy Andrew, my friends. Pretty raggedy. I had a long hairdo going on. Very shaggy. My hair gets shaggy. More shag than a rug on a Barbarella spaceship. It is very, very interesting how also 
the beard and mustache become little animals on your face and your mustache can become the flavor saver. And uh, what can I say, folks? It's a pretty interesting experience to uh, go around with uh, little, uh, little animals on your face, little werewolves, little, little, uh, little, little cats, little, little things going meow, and little things going <laughs> and they all live on your face. Uh, sometimes even if you look on the side, you, you look at the sideburn too long, you, you'll hear a little <laughs> So it's, it's crazy. We had, to, we had to kind of civilize the face down a little bit. And you know, I'm weird about haircuts, folks. I always have been. There's a deep psychology behind this. We're in, as we established last time, and we're probably going to keep establishing until we know how to calm this shit down. But we are in the COVID era, and all kinds of uh, restrictions and fears and new paranoia come with this time and this turf. And no one really knew what to do about barbershops during these past few months because we're all trying to stay socially isolated. And so I'm such a hermit as is, always have been, and probably always will be, thank the heavens, thank the maker. I have uh, a tendency to kind of just cruise solo, and I'm a man. Facial hair happens, thank goodness. In fact, when I was a little kid, and they'd be like, draw yourself in 30 years from now, that guy on paper always had a beard, always had a, a big beard and, and a mustache, and always looked a little, well, somewhere between crazy and cool, which is the fine line I enjoy walking. Yeah, you know... I do like having a beard. I also like to look good while I'm at it, but I didn't really know how to go about that because your boy also hit a low point. This COVID shit will fuck with your brain. Some days you're on top of it and you feel like you're leading the room. You're that top color on the power versus force chart where you're ascending in the color and you're like, come along, everybody. Don't worry. If you're feeling negative, I'm going to just make the space real good because I'm feeling good. I'm feeling sunny. I got sunshine coming out of my ass. Ooh, I'm made of the solar system. And all of you negative Nancy's black hole sucking out of the life of the room. Come on up. Come on up. I'm going to make you feel good because I'm full of Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try to uh, get that song produced before Christmas. I, I'm weird about haircuts. And here's one of the reasons why. If you think about it, hair is a very sensitive subject. Everyone has a certain feeling about it. Some people have a lot of it. Some people don't have enough of it. Some people used to have a lot. And, and the guy out there agrees. He's like, hey, I'm a honking citizen. And I, and I have a toupee. So, you know, everyone's included. Everyone gets to play. But it is strange how if you start to grow your hair long and you start to grow your beard long and you start to look a little hippy-dippy and more than that, you start to look a little uh, owly-fowly, you start to kind of bring out opinions in people because when you have big hair, long hair, big beard, you, you stand out. You're kind of a target. People can go, what, what's that? Why aren't you going to get a hair? Are you going to do something with that? Or you have really unhelpful people who just come up and say, you need to get a haircut. 
to which you can just look at them and say, oh, oh I'm sorry. Is it 1968? Are, we, are, are, are you trying to uh, recruit me for the Vietnam War? Why do I need a haircut? Ooh, listen, listen to that bass out there. We've got people rolling up. I've got music with bass, bass with music. If you don't like it, eat some sambusic. For those of you who know your Mediterranean dishes real well, some of you laughed. Others of you are saying, you know, I'm one and a half episodes in and I've yet to let out a giggle. I wanted long hair as a child. And, you know, I was a child of the 90s. And if you all remember, there was kind of a resurgence with uh, bands like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and that kind of grungy look. People were doing long hair again. And I really wanted to do that. Well, my pops was kind of a militant dude about hair. Really had no reason other than, I think there's a, there's a definite reason for it, but let's start with him first. The man had a monopoly on my own head, and that shit can really psychologically limit you. As soon as my hair started getting just slightly long, my dad would look at me like I was some fucking punk in trouble, like I had just graffitied the wall, and he would be like, well, come here, come here, let's look at this. All right, you need to get a haircut. We're going to take you to get a haircut. And I'd sit there and he would instruct how it needs to be done, how I need to look. And you know what he would always do? He would always go to the barber and show a picture of me, a particular like first grade shot. And here I am, I'm already about 12, folks. We're in the embarrassed years where you're just like, don't look at me, don't talk to me, don't look at me. I'm going into my Lord of the Flies zone and I just need all the adults to fuck off because I'm so weird. And my father is showing a picture of me at age seven going, make him look at th- like this. Make him look like this. God, it's so funny how some parents are just like, you need to remain seven and not show any signs of independence because I have to control you for the rest of my life. And that's what I think the man was going through. Just really stern to the point where I felt ashamed. I would sit there and see my hair get cut away and end up with some really dorky fucking haircut that I never liked. So I never have really understood hair. I have super thick hair, too, and it's not exactly long. It's big. It kind of goes out. I kind of, some people were calling me Rick from Rick and Morty. Some people have called me Wolverine. Hey, look, I love all these references. Name them away. That's fine. Uh, I just don't like when you come up and all you can offer to the conversation is, when are you going to get a haircut? Uh, it's just, do you, that, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of when you're a kid and you're drawing and you're like drawing a superhero and some fuckwit who can't draw and he's already the future fuckwit who can't do anything. He comes up to you and he's hovering over your shoulder with his fucking snotty nose and his fucking cool little shoes and his backpack that he only put one strap over his shoulder because only cool kids have scoliosis. And he comes up and he's like, is that it? You forgot to do the legs. Yeah, yeah, they're coming. They're coming. You stupid little mouth breather. Remember when you were a kid and you were aware of other kids being stupid? Isn't that a great feeling? Like, you know you're a kid. You kind of know your limitations. But fucking Ricky right here is just a dummy. Real dummy. Well, anyway. So my dad was... uh There's pictures of him, which by the way, 
those pictures from the 40s, children in the 40s, they, they had these weird things where, do y'all know what I'm talking about? Old photos, not super old, like the 1800s, where there would be someone who's like, this is the one photo I will ever take, and we are dying of cholera. You know those really scary photos of, this is your great-great-grandmother Matilda, and this is what she looked like at 19. She looks like she's 50. Okay, well, that's how they looked back then. Show some respect. And they got one photo. You did, they didn't get to do a bunch of selfies, so they got one photo, and this is what they get. We are about to die at 38. That's what those photos all said. But then you get a little bit later on in the 1940s, you'll see some of your parents or grandparents, depending on how old you are listening to the show right now, and it looks like they're coming out of black and white smoke. Do you know what I'm talking about? These like 1940s pictures, and they would have like the child holding like some random quote-unquote toy what i love too about toys before say 60s and 70s they didn't have action figures yet so toys were literally like we got you a ball here's a oh wow we got a we got the big factory truck going by right now something but yeah you would have a little uh toy like here's a ball here's a replica of a cannon <laughs> just some strange toys so there's pictures of my dad holding that little ball, being a little baby, and he has beautiful, long, golden rivulets of hair. He had really gorgeous hair as a little baby. The story I heard from Grandma and some of the others in the family, Papa Rogers, my grandfather, Nate Rogers, who served in World War II, he would come back on shore leaves, lay down the seed for the next kid, go back to the war, come back, and there's a new kid who's born. Then impregnate the wife for another kid and go back to the war and all that. Well, when my father was about a year old, all the ladies who were raising him, because all the men are at war, they think it's beautiful. He has this golden hair, and why not? Listen, folks, little kids are androgynous, and they're beautiful, and they should have whatever hair God, goddess, goodness has given them. Nope, we're chopping that off right now. He comes back, and here's Mr. World War II, and these were noble men, but they're also in a terribly cursed period where there is no therapy. There is no talking about it. There is no getting in touch with your feelings. There is no leaving the war on the shore and coming into the home without any aggression. We don't know how to do this yet. We probably still don't know how to do this, but... I, the story goes that he said, uh-uh, uh-uh, no son of mine is going to look like some girl. And so they chopped that shit off real quick. And uh, I think for besides maybe a quick liberal tryout period that my father had in the 60s and 70s, he never let his hair grow that long. And he certainly never let me grow it that long. So as you can see, there's kind of a family pathology of this controlling of hair. And uh, people can get real weird about that. And uh, I think my response recently to look as unkempt as possible was kind of a rebellion against my father. And also uh, kind of a giving up on hope. I really didn't, I haven't had hope that I'd find a woman in quite some time to have a true partner in life. And now that COVID hit, and we're all isolated. And I get mad at other people. I see people, just today I took the train and I saw couples, no mask on, because they're the promised race, right? We don't have to wear a mask because we're going to procreate soon and this planet is ours. 
Are you uh, speculating and making too much conjecture, Alex? Well, yes, I am. Are you a little embittered at those who have found someone before you? Well, yes, I am. All right, well, we just wanted you to be honest. Well, that's what I do. Yeah, I, I, I kind of said, fuck you, world. Fuck you, womankind. I'm going to look like a wild werewolf with fucking crazy hair, crazy beard. I'm going to look half mad. And frankly, I would chalk it up sometimes and say, you know what this is, folks? This is my personal representation of the madness going on on this planet. Well, all that is all well and good, but it got to the point where it was truly getting uncomfortable, these insanely hot days. And then also some good friends, including my good buddy, Mr. Nazareth, who is in the house again right now. Hi, everyone. How's it going? Brilliant. Mr. Nazareth, good man. And as we established in the last episode, certainly someone without whose friendship and long years of practicing this podcast game, I would never even have had the chutzpah, the legs, to, uh, to come on here and do my own show. But yeah, it's, a, it's really um, interesting what you can do to your own mind with limited thought. But here we go. Uh, we finally got this taken care of. And I want to give a real awesome shout-out to uh, my friend Kate. She is a coworker, and she's also a phenomenal hairstylist. You want this person to cut your hair. Kate is amazing. I'm going to just, I'm the last kid to get on the Instagram, but I'm going to give you her uh, Instagram uh, handle right now. It is at that little Kate. That little Kate. Kate is awesome. She is, uh, you know what she is? She's a champion for your hair. Sometimes you'll go get a haircut and the person is very impersonal. They're not really caring. They're probably thinking about, uh, what am I going to do tonight? I think I'm just going to watch some reruns of Parks and Rec. Or, or here's the thing that I've always found. If you want to maintain your long hair, you'll go some places and they go, eh, well, uh, how, how short do you want it? Well, just a little bit. Okay. Dude, I said just a little. Well, uh, you say a little, I see a lot. It's certainly a, a bargaining thing that one has to find. But Kate is amazing. She uh, knew what I was going for. And <laughs> you'll go into a barbershop, and especially if you look really unkempt like I did, you'll think, oh, God, I'm probably going to be too much homework for them. Nah, man, I think I was a, a canvas, and this is a great painter. And she just said, ooh, cool, the next project. And she knew what I was going for. I kind of said, hey, look, I already have a love for the 70s. I've already got the beard and the long hair. Let's just kind of shape me up to look kind of like some artist slash record producer slash y'all know I got a little sort of spirit animal characterization. I don't know if you guys know yet, but if you've listened to the Wild 7 podcast, uh, my, one of my spirit animals in life is Chris Christopherson. It's not an animal. Everyone else is like, my spirited animal is an eagle. Well, good for you. I have the American eagle himself, Mr. Chris Christopherson. That's my spirit animal. And uh, he certainly, for me, even as a young lad, before I could even grow a beard, I thought, damn, I want to look like that. A silver fox who's got slightly long hair and the beard. The only thing I'm missing is that good old Texas accent, which I can always put on. And I can just say, words out on you, hoss. They say you don't pay your dues. 
But yeah, I, I just gave her some simple directions. She knew exactly what was up. I didn't even know you can shave off hair. She used a straight razor to, to, to like shape up the back of my head. And you know what was fascinating? She, she says herself, Kate says that she's a, a self-proclaimed math nerd. And it, it definitely shows because she understood the geometry of my hair. Now, I can say that and it's all beautiful, but she knew it. And she knew it while maintaining a conversation, talking about life. And it was just simple, man. And what we have here, and you can check out my Instagram at interdimensional Alex. Let me say that again because I hiccuped on my own thing there. At interdimensional Alex, which of course is a beautiful term that Mr. Nas Red, who uh, knighted me with back in the day. And I carry that name with me as a great uh, superhero moniker. But. Uh, yeah, you, you, you want to see Kate. If you all out there are listening and you need a haircut, hey, she also does hair color. This girl has a different color hair every week I see her. And we even have some coworkers who she's hooked up. She gave a guy pink hair and he looks phenomenal. This is a guy who can rock pink hair. So she'll know your color. She'll know your look. The people honking out there, if they need a haircut, they can honk away and she's got you. So go to at that little Kate on the Instagram, follow her. You tell her that Alex sent you because you're going to get a phenomenal haircut and you are going to feel like this person is looking out for you, for the natural you, the best you that can come out. That's what we need, folks. Real artists who are doing their work, their service to you, a zest for it communication. And sometimes you need the right sorcerer, the right sorceress, the right spellcaster, someone who understands that you are a human being and you got a little impersonal thing like hair that is very personal to the personality. Might be a bit redundant, but you know, we're trying to, we're trying as we go, folks. Well, I've spoken long and good and well about hair right there. It just made me think about, but it does lead me to another funny point here. I was thinking about Castaway, and I love that movie for the most part. And why do I say for the most part? Well, the last half hour of that movie, there's this way too much back in civilization. Uh, spoiler alert, but, uh, but guess what? <laughs> Here's something. Okay, by the way, if you haven't seen Castaway with Tom Hanks, it's 20 years old, so that's your problem for not having gotten on it sooner. But the, I remember the trailer for that movie. It's, it, you, you should, so, spoiler alert, three, two, one. We all know he gets off the island, but you shouldn't put that in the damn trailer. And I remember the trailer would be like, but when he gets off the island, how will he adjust to modern living? And you're like, I, 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 hold on a sec. No. No, that, that's like saying, but when they destroy the ring at Mount Doom, how are the hobbits going to reacclimate to Hobbiton? No, don't show me that much. I can't stand how Hollywood goes, we better show them the whole movie or else they're not going to come. Look, I've been under a lot of strain, okay? I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't read books, okay? And I have fake friends who are always saying you're fabulous. And we use words like amazing and fabulous all the time. And we don't know anything. And now I have kids and I have no time to see them. So what am I going to do? Let, let's give, a, give away all the secrets. I'll give away all the secrets because I don't know what I'm doing anymore. 
in Cast Away, which by the way, I'm trying to, I always try to remember, the movie's called Cast Away, not Cast Away. That would be one word, like a noun, like, you, you know, who's this guy? Well, he's a castaway. Okay, understood. No, 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 no. It's a play on words. Even the title goes word by word. In the beginning, it goes Cast Away. So it's a verb, that movie. You are cast away to another zone. I love the castaway genre. That's my jam, people. I especially, at the time when that movie came out, I was about 16, you couldn't find a more gung-ho castaway genre person like me. My world got fucked up in the best of ways uh, during the movie The Blue Lagoon. And I'm going to talk more about The Blue Lagoon in another episode because there's so much to say about that movie. But that was the impetus for my love for the idea of, oh my God, what would happen if you were sequestered to a desert isle, hopefully with the girl of your dreams, but if not in a more Robinson Crusoe kind of uh, context, minus the blatant racism and slavery narrative that was conveniently tucked throughout that whole novel, there is such a universal romance for the idea of, well, gosh, who would I become if I were isolated from all humanity in nature, too? And for the most part, the movie Cast Away really does a good job in establishing this. Um, in fact, it has no soundtrack until the very end, and, and the soundtrack itself kind of... I've noticed if it's a Tom Hanks movie, it has to have those Memorial Day bugles. Does every set... It's like, oh, is Tom Hanks in it? Make sure at some point we have music that goes... for the brave men and women who gave their lives to democracy. Yeah, but this is a movie about one dude on an island. It, it's about a brave man who gave his life to democracy. Well, no, I mean, he, he's on an island. It's kind of a, it's not really about nationalism. It's Tom Hanks. He gave his life for democracy. I want to share with you all a little beef that I had then and I have today. And some of you are going to say, okay, Alex, you need to get a life. You can't be so hung up on these little details. Okay, well, you get to do your fucking OCD thing about this, that, and the thing. I get to have mine. And one of mine is this little moment in Cast Away where they cheat the audience out of an emotional moment that could have been so fucking good. And here's what happens. We've been spending time with him in his first month or so as a, as, as a castaway. Not that he has been cast away, movie title, and has now become a castaway, understood inherently in the movie title. And he has that terrible moment where he's got the toothache. He uses the ice skates to bust out his tooth. It's crazy. He falls by the fire. We zoom in on the fire. The fire and, and uh, the surf do a kind of weird little cross dissolve. It's very hallucinatory. It's cool. And now we sort of don't know where we are, except there's this little fish in the water. It gets suddenly... Stabbed real expertly by a spear. Whoa, whoa, what's this? And then we see a little blurb on the screen. And it says, four years later. Uh, all right. Everyone in the theater goes, oh, cool. All right, four years later. Thank you, movie. You've now updated me. I understand. I'm a, I, you've now helped me understand that I'm about to see uh, the passage of time. No! 
That fucks up the narrative, folks. I'm sorry, but you don't do that in a movie where your character is displaced from civilization. The blurb four years later is such a fucking little help to the audience, and it's of no help to the main character, who honestly should have notches in a tree, or maybe even with a stick, he can just in the sand write the number four, just something to make us kind of go, ooh, because guess what? We see at that point that he's now 50 pounds lighter, tan as fuck, got the big beard, the hair looking crazy. That is what establishes four years later. Stop fucking helping me. I don't need to be helped in these narratives. Chances are I'm going to get it. And chances are the literal number four doesn't even fucking matter until maybe, dude, he could have even said to Wilson, boy, can you believe it? Four years later. I mean, that would have been real, you know, handed to you, but it's better than letters on a screen. It's too edited. Why would that even show up? You're on a remote island. There shouldn't be any fucking interference from civilization. Some of you are going to be going, yeah, I still don't see, I still don't see the issue here. I mean, I'm the person who sleeps through noise, so I'm not paying attention. If you get it, though, then just know I've, I've, I've voiced your greatest uh, frustration because we who can't stand the four years later blurb and cast away, we really ought to have a support group. And uh, if you're feeling sore about that in any way, uh, reach out to the Wild 7 crew and, and ask for your boy Alex. One more uh, little bit of uh, stuff to go over here. I, um, I've been having a great music renaissance. Uh, listening to uh, two bands that, funny enough, have to do with color in their title. One band I've loved my whole life, or at least I should say at the age of, I want to say 20 is when they kicked open the door of my soul and they have lived in my heart ever since. And that is Pink Floyd. Made a few references to the last episode. And uh, I love me some Pink Floyd. Fucking great. They are so fucking good. And yes, it, it, they've become a t-shirt now. Even people who don't listen to them have the Dark Side of the Moon t-shirt. It, they, they are really, they're in-house royalty. And yet, some people only know a few cuts from the radio. And the real truth about Pink Floyd, especially their best albums, is you gotta listen to the whole thing. It's an experience. And you gotta do it with the headphones, folks. When I got Dark Side of the Moon, the album, I was 18, and I threw it on in my, <laughs> my, my little CD player that you had to hook up to your tape deck in your car. And the way that episode begins with, you know, a heartbeat and all these collecting sounds, you're not going to hear that over, the, over a car engine. You got to listen to it properly, folks. Pink Floyd needs to be alone by yourself with headphones, preferably in a, preferably in a dark room with the candle and all that, all those other stereotypes for getting down with the thing. Maybe a little help from your friend, so to speak. In fact, speaking of, we're going to take a little hit here, folks. We didn't get to take a hit yet. This is some lovely cannabis. If you have a loaded bowl yourself, please join in. Here we go. Thank good inhalation, not annihilation. So Pink Floyd, if you're unfamiliar, I'm not going to be that guy who's like, where have you been your whole life? You got to listen to Pink Floyd. Nah, I'm going to say I'm so excited for you. 
In fact, you know what's been my jam recently? I go onto YouTube and I watch young people, especially young hip-hop culture, who have never listened. They, they know music. They know the music very well, but they haven't heard Pink Floyd yet. And then they listen to it, and it's such a blast, especially to see a young person going, what the fuck is this? Holy shit. And I still do that my 20th time listening to Animals or Wish You Were Here. If you haven't gotten into Pink Floyd, I recommend the entire discography. If you want, go from their first album in 1967 when they had a, their first lineup with Sid Barrett. Do The Piper at the Gates of Dawn and go all the way until about the wall. After that, it's optional, but that's another conversation for another time. I actually really like Gilmore Floyd. Um, it's not my favorite, but I don't hate it. And, uh, you know, all, but, but that, that section is really good. Now, it's a lot of time, and maybe, maybe you don't want to do the whole thing because sometimes to get to the really kick-ass albums, you got to wait a little. If you're limited for time, I got three. I got three for you, and they are beyond masterpieces, I think. Start with Dark Side of the Moon, and again, no, no cheating, motherfuckers. You got to do it properly. Don't, don't listen to a track, then pause it and go make a snack. No, get your snack in, get your pot, get your candles, get everything. Get, get your, your little scented uh, beads, your crystals, everything. And listen to the Dark Side of the Moon. I do these like once a night so you don't blow out your heart. <laughs> Dark Side of the Moon. The next night you do Wish You Were Here. Dude, Wish You Were Here is an album that's born out of the tears and orgasm of a sci-fi synth. Try that one out. And then you got to do Animals. Why? Because it's all about, like you get into almost sort of like a sublime above everything feeling with Dark Side of the Moon and Wish You Were Here. Animals is cynical as fuck, and it skewers every social role that we kind of all have to do in this thing called society. It's brutal. It's edgy. Dude, for those of you who know the track Dogs, which as we all know, it ain't just about dogs. It's about the working man, and it's about kind of what you have to do if you're going to get involved in this J-O-B thing we do. But... There's a, there's a part where the song just goes off on a little Richard Wright insane keyboard thing and weird sounds of dogs barking. And we hear someone calling those dogs. Man, when you are high to the gills in COVID era with your mask on, walking down the street, listening to this album, and you hear... <laughs> Dude, that part, when you hear a little in your ear will freak you out in the best of ways. So get some Pink Floyd in your life, folks. Lastly, I am the last kid to show up to the Black Sabbath party. So that's what I meant by two bands with color. We went from pink and Pink Floyd, now we're going to black with Black Sabbath. I've heard the cuts my whole life. War Pigs, Iron Man. I know all that, Paranoid. I know these tracks, we hear them all the time. I have been going on at least the first five albums on repeat. Black Sabbath, Paranoid, Master of Reality, Black Sabbath Volume 4, and Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Holy fuck! And don't worry, folks, you, you hardcore fans are going, you gotta keep going, you gotta get to... Okay, I will, I will, I will. But I love it. 
It's so fucking good. I'd say arguably my favorite of the bunch, and I like them all. I think Master of Reality. Um, everything from its opening track, Sweet Leaf, um, Children from the Grave. Holy fuck. It's so dark. It's menacing. And I can't believe it's from the early 70s. Like 1970, you're hearing some fucking scary shit that you kind of think wouldn't come till the 90s or after. Uh, it's awesome, man. I love being the last kid to a party. So get into some Pink Floyd. Get into some Black Sabbath. Keep watching some beautiful things, folks. And we're going to tune in next time. I want to thank you all for being around here. I want to thank the Wild 7 family. I want to thank Mr. Nas Red. And remember to go through the day. Keep track of yourself. Keep track of your heart. If you got to scream, do it. If you got to laugh, do it. And if you got to do both, welcome to humanity. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme. In the Words of Alex Rogers is a podcast orbiting the mothership of Wild 7 Studios. Music by Inca Rose. Keep your ears open for storyscapes, simpin' after dark, and other audio goodies from Wild 7. And keep your eyes open for its first feature-length film, Debbie and the Devil.